a reading from the book of Proverbs. When one finds a worthy wife, her value is far beyond pearls. Her husband, entrusting his heart to her, has an unfailing prize. She brings him good and not evil all the days of her life. She obtains wool and flax and works with loving hands. She puts her hands to the distaff and her fingers to ply the spindle. She reaches out her hands to the poor and extends her arms to the needy. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a reward for her labors and let works praise her at the city gates. The word of the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are you who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home your children like olive plants around your table. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Concerning times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people are saying peace and security, then sudden disaster comes upon them, like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, for that day to overtake you like a thief, for all of you are children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Fruit. 
Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. He, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents, so see, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank? so that I could have got it back with interest on my return. Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Come share your master's joy is the response of the king in the parable presented to us today on this, the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's the response of the king to the two out of the three servants who received a very generous 
a very generous investment by the master. We must understand that as we are moving towards the end of this liturgical year, and as Jesus is moving closer to his destination and the fulfillment of the mission entrusted to him by the Father, that the fact that this is the longest of all of the parables contained in Matthew's gospel, and that Jesus takes the time to speak to the reality of servants in relationship to a very beneficent master, despite the ingenuous accusations of the third servant. We'll deal with that one later. But let's establish the disposition of the king, who is Jesus, who is God. This is in itself an, an outpouring of the Lord's heart to us as he knows full well what awaits him in Jerusalem. He is about to lay it all down. He's given it all away without reservation. And so he's letting us understand what it looks like to participate in such a mystery of love and mercy. And so as we hear this unfold, what are we being shown in relationship to the first reading? What was the attribute of the worthy wife of the book of Proverbs, the very last chapter of the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, what was the attribute that enabled her to be so industrious, so beloved and desirable for a man who is seeking such a woman? How valiant. She was valiant. She was diligent. She was a woman who understand duty. She understood duty. She had a reverential fear for God and a very, very open disposition to the obedience to the will of God. This is what far surpasses all of the external trappings that oftentimes catch our attention. Certainly, beauty and comeliness are things that we look for and enjoy. It's attractive to us. But apart from that, what is it that emanates? What gives that its, its full? What, what really undergirds the temporal things of this life and world? The things of justice, of beauty, of truth a purpose, of meaning, of fidelity and commitment to something more than oneself, namely the other with whom we are in relationship with. So as we hear this parable today, these first two servants have the same disposition. They are diligent. The third is slothful. It's the seventh of the eight deadly sins that is truly at the root of his inaction, or shall we say fear of investing what he could have, because each one was gifted by the master according to their abilities. Now, in the times of Jesus, a talent was considered, it was a, it was a monetary unit. One talent, just to put this in perspective, one talent was equivalent to 10 to 15 years of a usual daily wage. So you compare that to the two and the five that the others got, that is extraordinary. And yet they were given what they could manage. And so we see how the two participating in the way of the master, obviously industrious and generous in, for, in, 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 in giving out, in having them to share in this enterprise. And he was gone for a long time. But upon his return, they took 
great joy in presenting it, and they received affirmation from the master, from the king. But look at the third one. What was his image? Look at the mindset that he had in relationship. He saw his master, he saw his king as someone who was domineering, imposing. This was his mind. But what was, what was it that gave him that impression? You can't say he was miserly to give a, a talent, two, five talents. That's not somebody who's miserly, but this was where he was. He was relating to this king, to his master, in a servile manner. He didn't realize the relationship was genuine. More than the, the monetary, more than the, the talent they were entrusted with, what was most significant and what we need to bear in mind as we hear this parable, because at first glance, we are struck by how definitive the judgment is, aren't we? It's very definitive and, and, and very unambiguous how Jesus lays out this, this uh, story, this parable. But what's also very apparent at second glance is the desire of the king for his servants to be in relationship with him forever with joy. When we think of life after this world, don't, our, probably our primary focus is eternal life. No more death and the things associated with death. And that's obviously a part of it, no doubt about it. But the way the scriptures can put it to us, they want us to realize it's about righteousness. It's about peace. It's about joy. The kingdom of heaven, St. Paul says in his 14th chapter of his letter to the Romans, chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of food and drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So with that being said, how does the church, how does the Christian community understand the talent, the term talent? Well, it doesn't see it as a monetary unit. It sees it as everything about us, our innate gifts and abilities, our very existence, our ability to participate in the creative genius of God, our ability to be moved with compassion for a brother or a sister on the way, our capacity to teach, to encourage, to administrate, to heal, to be present to another, to offer oneself in service more, more times than not, especially when no one else really wants to do that which you're being called to or that where the need pertains. These, this is the way the church understands the talent and probably one that we don't really think of. What else does the talent consist? Time. We have been gifted by God with time to grow in the ways of the kingdom. He understands. And notice the gospel says, after a long time. So he gave them time to figure it out for themselves. But again, many of us have this mindset of God being so wrathful, judging, ready to stomp us down for any misstep. But this is not the reality. But, and listen to the excuses he offers. I knew you to be, well, if you knew this about me, the master exposes his ingenuineness. If you knew this about me, then why did you not at least put it in the bank where it could have gotten interest for me? See? If you knew that much, if that was your main thing of concern, then put it in the bank for the love of God. He did nothing. He gave it back as if that was going to garner him 
something special. He got something special, all right? But not because of the master, but because of himself. So as we see ourselves nearing the end of a liturgical year, being called upon to ponder the end of all things, death, judgment, heaven, hell, Jesus, the one who knows about these better than anybody else, is speaking to us in a manner that is not meant to move us in fear. It's not about being motivated by fear. He wants us to be motivated by his example. Was he ever begrudging in what he taught, in what he came to give, mainly and ultimately his very life? Do we ever hear any utterance of such? Certainly he expresses the challenge it entails. I'm sorrowful unto death. Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass me by. Certainly he expresses it's not a cakewalk. But he never once expressed consternation or regret for being in relationship with his father and being given the privilege of, of revealing the mystery of God to the world, to believer and non-believer alike. This is the mystery of the kingdom. So as we hear this word on the heels of the final Sunday of this liturgical year next week, perhaps it's a time for us to examine our hearts and our minds, our consciences. How responsive have we been to the relentless calls and invitations of the Lord Jesus to participate in the work of the kingdom. Mind you, in the very ordinary, not everybody's going to be the five-star saints such as John Paul II, uh, Teresa of Calcutta, and some of those juggernauts that we certainly look forward to, look to and, 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 and benefit from their intercession. Most of us will be the second servant. We get the two talents and we do what we can, where we can, how we can with the help that God provides. But to be that third servant, that's a problem. There are very real consequences to rejecting or downright refusing to participate in this life of grace that God has made available to one and all. And hopefully we see too, notice the second servant wasn't jealous, he wasn't upset one bit by the fact that the one who made five and got five more and was given the one from the one who did nothing. There was no objection because whether one be the five-star, quote-unquote, saint, the two-star, quote-unquote, saint, or even the one-star, had he done what he was, could have done, what he could have done, what does heaven provide? Everyone will be equal in their enjoyment of the joy, the peace, and the righteousness of God's kingdom prepared for us from the foundation of the world. So as we listen to the state of the parish report immediately following this homily, let us ask ourselves, to what extent am I giving what I have received from God back to God? It's all his. It's all his. And by giving it back in the way in which he's given it to us, and then some, we're assured of more than anything this world could ever afford us offer us, it pales in comparison. There is no comparison to what God has prepared for us who have loved him, who has loved us first and called us according to his purpose and his plan. God love you.